Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, two FBI agents killed and three agents injured in a shootout in Sunrise, Florida. This happened at 6 a.m. The details of how exactly this happened, very, very sketchy. But the overall story is that the FBI, along with a weird collection of local law enforcement, were executing a child porn warrant to on a person and shooting began agents were killed uh, neighbors were alerted to it by the sounds but i could not find any on the scene video because it's very hard to understand how exactly this happened when people when local cops will use swat teams to execute no knock raids for pot or whatever i just don't understand how this could have happened and the details are totally sketchy, but there is so much to unpack in this story that I'm, I'm already convinced that I, I don't know if I want to call it a false flag or what, but it is a story that has a purpose. And first of all, my first pass on this was that there were these are FBI agents. So these are federal agents um, investigating child pornography, which I guess, you know, if it was just within your state, it would be a local crime for whatever reason. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that it was something the FBI needed to be involved in. But here it is that the pedos are being rounded up under Biden, not Q, not Trump. Now, granted, there was plenty of that, but that was one theme. Did you? Oh, you didn't catch that one. I don't think. No, that was that was a theme going around on social media that Biden's. No, no. But I'm just saying like immediately triggered like, oh, so Democrats do catch pedos. Okay, like it wasn't what the normally the FBI does, which the FBI, it can be in the news for a lot of different reasons. A lot of times it's drugs or piracy or whatever. But it happened to be child porn, which is a very sympathetic thing. And it has the Q hot button stuff in it. So that's one thing. But what they said what was in oh there was another like crazy flag literally flag not a red flag not a false flag a literal american flag so i was watching i think it was at 10 o'clock eastern so four hours after the event that i was watching a youtube video i wasn't watching it at that time but that's the timestamp on the video i believe it was that, that early that they showed and i've never seen this before in my life they showed a body which they are saying is an fbi agent being pushed into an ambulance now you're not supposed to put dead bodies into an ambulance but they were doing that that's not usually how it works but And the body wasn't like covered with a sheet. It was covered with an American flag. What? It was covered with an American flag. And there were people on both sides, like one lady with a purse, another guy in civilian, like they were pallbearers, something or makeshift pallbearers, putting a body draped in an American flag into or out of. I couldn't tell it was a still, but in the back of an ambulance. Do you know if that was allegedly the FBI agent? It was supposedly body? the FBI agent. That's what the caption implied. I'd have to go back and like find the actual quote to see if they did something funny with the syntax. But 
every pass I could take at this, it looked like. So that was super weird. It's in Broward County. Again, it's always in, always Broward, in County. Broward County. Oh, it's almost funny. Like, it's not funny because the stuff is messed up and I never think no one got killed. I never think that. Is that town even real at this point? I know. So much stuff goes on there. I know. And I wonder where Sheriff Israel is these days. Seriously. I just I don't know. So so here's where it started getting weird for me. So the first thing it says is. This says the last time two FBI agents were killed in the line of duty. This is just I, I forget what what news source this is. I think the Sentinel. Here's a quote. The last time two FBI agents were killed in the line of duty was April 11th, 1986. And it happened in South Florida. That was in Miami. This incident from 1986 is one of the linchpins of the story. But I'm telling you, I know that's not true because the last time two FBI agents were killed in the line of duty was one month after the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013, where two guys on the FBI hostage rescue team, which is an elite force that was used in the Boston Marathon bombing, fell out of a helicopter under extremely suspicious circumstances during training and I believe that's considered in the line of duty. It was investigated by PilotOnline.com, a journalist there who very abruptly was shut up after he was like, this is weird. This is weird. This is weird. FOIA trying to get the Freedom of Information Act like uh, they're not telling us about this investigation. So there's something very fishy. So unusual for two FBI agents to get killed in the line of duty, yet nobody even heard of these two guys, special agents Christopher Lorick and Stephen Shaw. But anyway, so because all right that's just an aside but because these guys were killed because two fbi agents were killed at the same time that makes every story reference the last time it happened which was this 1986 event so i looked into the 1986 event and what i found was i'm telling you The first line I read about this 1986 event, which said, uh, in response to that, this tragedy. So I went back to the contemporary things or, uh, I, uh, this was a reference to the 1986 in today's article. In response to the 1986 tragedy, tragedy, the FBI made significant changes in the firepower carried by agents, the body armor they wore and the incident response training they received. So in another place, I think a CNN one, it says, the shooting, and I'm reading the quotes because it's important. They're, they're all pointing in the same way in the same direction. The sh- this shooting today is similar to a deadly firefight 35 years ago outside Miami that was a turning point in FBI's history. Uh, violent bank robbers being pursued by FBI agents opened fire with high-powered firearms, killing two agents and wounding five others be- before being killed themselves. And, and then it goes on to tell you what happened. Then what happened? Why, why are they telling you? In the aftermath of that shootout, the FBI issued special agents with semi-automatic handguns rather than revolvers. They changed firearm training and studied the psychological impacts of being shot at. Okay. And this, this was what, what the FBI agent said today. That was a quote from the FBI guy today. So they are all pointing towards this previous incident. That Even the changed. FBI guy pointed towards it? It says... 
FBI Deputy Director John O. Pistol said in 2006. Sorry. Good catch. So, well, that wasn't that long ago, though. That was, it was 1986 was the event. Yeah. And now they're talking about the event. They're talking about the reaction to the event, the aftermath to the event. This is parallel to that event. It doesn't seem particularly parallel to me, but everybody's pointing to it and they're pointing to how things are going to change. And when you tell me how things are going to change, you make me wonder if the incident was orchestrated in order to effect those changes. And I even went back to see if that original 1986 thing, which seemed to have been a turning point, actually, that is what one of these things say, it was a turning point in FBI history, that it was, uh, if that original story was full of shit. Oops, sorry. Bleep. And it was. It was highly suspicious. Highly. Michael Lee Platt and William Russell Maddox were bank robbers who killed these FBI guys and were killed themselves. That's what all the stories say. Everything you say. When you dig into that story, so I, I went to like a time search prior to anything that would be corrupted now, although you're right, it's, it's really tough. hard. Yeah. It's really hard. But I threw in like false flag and all that kind of stuff. And I there find that they were distinguished Vietnam vets. They had no record whatsoever. They were both in special forces, including a mission in a secret mission in Grenada. I remember Grenada. That's how old I am. Uh, and that they met in in the in the army. Okay, so these guys had were clean as a whistle. They were special forces. They had no record whatsoever. They were successful. The stories at the time were like, this just goes to show you that even if you're not diagnosed with PTSD, you can completely lose your mind because you've had these experiences. Okay, so now you've got people in uniform who are 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 um you know this all goes with the gun grab with the fall, with the with the red flag laws with the military being the yeah. in yeah this is what you were saying okay and then there was just this really freaking weird detail i i don't know what to make of this both of these guys although they were never charged with any crime any hint of scandal both of their wives died violently one year apart it is the weirdest freaking thing Maddox's first wife was killed December 30th 1983 she and another woman were slain inside a medical research laboratory where Mrs. Maddox worked the case was never solved Platt's first wife Regina died from a shotgun blast to the head in December 1984 it was ruled a suicide but oh, she died before her husband 884 yeah a couple of years before like this is very weird both of those guys their wives were killed or killed themselves or whatever never resolved one of them said the other one was having an affair with his wife like the story is whack and i'm and i'm i i, I mean if i had to speculate on a narrative that you could string together i would say that maybe those guys killed the wives and then they were beholden to the false flag guys who were like, hey, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> you know, you can maybe you'll maybe you'll get away. <laughs> but this is what you're going to do. You know, anytime anyone's had a run in with the law and then they end up in something that I'm flagging as a false flag. I got to wonder anyway. 
the last thing I will say about this, I'm just going to bring it home and then you've got the rest of the show is that the, so I had a parallel story I was looking into because today Brian sick Nick, like the names are very strange, was a Capitol police officer who got hit in the head with a fire extinguisher and died. He looked very strapping and fit. Maybe in his 40s, maybe 50, but he looked like a very fit guy. Anyway, he's supposedly laying in state in the Capitol, going to be buried in Arlington Cemetery. And the two other, maybe five cops died altogether, but two other ones you already mentioned were suicides. I didn't realize that Howie Liebengood was a suicide. That guy was a featured fatality on... um on January 6th, but it was a suicide. And then there was another one, Jeffrey Smith, who was also that other suicide. Yeah, the the first one was a featured fatality. The news was saying this was somebody who was killed on January 6th. I thought that's what it was. This just goes to show you how headlines can play tricks on you. When I saw Liebengood, it's like, I remember we highlighted the story because that guy's name was Liebengood and the guy who was leading protesters through the halls and also somehow weirdly considered a hero, his name was Goodman. So you had loving good and good man. We talked about it. And yeah. all the names are so freaking weird. And this sicknick, he's died. And uh, so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, why are suicides considered like dying in the line of duty? Like that's a stretch, right? Aren't we not happy with people who take that path? Why is why is that considered? And, and you can think about it a little bit like the Vietnam thing. Supposedly more vets died of suicide coming back after than there. Right. And that's considered a Vietnam era kind of casualty. But here is the last thing about this. I dug and dug and I started seeing the theme emerging of those capital suicides as this. It said uh, the Capitol Police suicides are a result of constant trauma. And this is what the FBI said they did in, in as a result of that other shooting in 1986, which some people point to potential PTSD on that. They said that they gave the FBI uh, incident re- new specialized incident response training and also uh, changed. They studied the psychological impacts of being shot at. Those were two of the consequences of the 1986 shooting. And now we have this, which is being drawn a parallel to that. What was I that second con- consequence again? Sorry, my head. That they were they were studying the psychological impacts of okay. getting shot at. This yeah. came out of a 1986 article that I read, and today I read a capital an article about the Capitol Police suicides that referred to the constant trauma. I mean, I just think all these things are coming together, and then you could even you could even flow that into that nine year old girl who was pepper sprayed yesterday. Or a couple of days ago um, in Rochester, New York, the cops stood down or whatever. They've retired or quit or on leave. I can't remember what. But 
if you look at the implications of that story, see, I was looking to all this stuff for black versus blue, the dialectic, but it's different. There's a whole new theme emerging here. And with that one, they were saying how it ha- that girl was in extreme distress and it should have been handled differently. De-escalation tactics, psychological stuff. That goes back to the BLM thing. Defund the police and replace them yeah, with social workers. Yeah. So there is something going on here. And these yeah. all these stories are pointing to it. I was wondering why that was in the news. I saw the headline flash. I'm glad you brought that. It also brings to mind mental health regulations, because if you can hold somebody because of mental health, psychological reasons, then you can bypass their rights. And at Davos, at the Great Reset, part of the Great Reset is rebooting mental health and the way mental health is handled. So I'm wondering if there's going to be some connections there when uh, perhaps some legislation being proposed. I'm also the domestic terror theme, military. I'm wondering if the people who the who had the porn who killed them if there's going to be a Q connection that's found there at some point in the next couple of days and you can wrap all of this up we had talked a while back about Q people being baited into getting the Hunter Biden photos on their hard drive and then being labeled as uh, having child porn I'm wondering if it's going to be something like that that comes wow. out of the story I need that little head exploding. <laughs> totally. That is the other shoe here. What? What? Yeah, was there's a reason. There's what another, was yeah. up? Because this that story is everywhere. Also in the news today, AOC all over the headlines because yesterday AOC was recounting her experience during the Capitol riots on Instagram Live. Now, she's been saying some pretty outrageous things just in general about it. Like, she's been accusing Ted Cruz of basically having her murdered on social media. She's been tweeting that. And during her recounting of the story, she's saying she feared for her life. She heard people coming in the hallways and she knew that that was just it. She thought she was going to die. And she related it to her. She revealed and related it to her being sexually assaulted in the past. It was very emotional and not necessarily related to the story at hand. But the reaction from people on the right was that she is doing a beautiful job of manipulating a manipulation tactic. In fact, they even heard somebody else can make a comparison that I've been making for a very long time that AOC is the Donald Trump of the left. I've been saying that for three years. Some people, I heard somebody say that earlier. I'm like, yes, it's exactly what she is. And it made me think of what she's doing. Is she emotionally manipulating? Of course she is. Absolutely. And the fact that these people on the right accused her of this During such a sensitive issue, the Capitol riots, sexual assault and harassment, that just made the left go, oh, how can you do that? How can you accuse her of that? You're you're terrible. You're horrible. When obviously she's doing emotional manipulation. Why not just call out all of her other instances of emotional manipulation instead of right now, which makes you come off as a demon to do so. But it made me think about the activists or not the activists, the people who went in to the Capitol and how that set AOC up up to have a story that's just it, it's the best thing that could have happened to her because we know AOC we know Stacey Abrams what they do is they thrive off of these victim type stories so being in the capital she is going to use and exploit that story for the rest of her career the trauma she experienced the, the fear for her life the setting she's going to exaggerate it and blow it up so all of this stuff is helping AOC have more fuel for exploitation and manipulation of people's emotions I'm my guess is she has been sexually harassed. Probably I think that her physical assets put her and she's good looking. Yeah, I honestly believe that I believe it too. and stuff. I mean, 
personally, yeah, I, I totally believe the story, but also, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I will say this: I think, and we've been saying there. I was bringing that up because I also have perspective on that kind of thing. That so much of the COVID stuff was like what a rapist would say: just get used to it. It doesn't have to hurt so yeah. much if you just accept the reality of your situation. It really is. So I feel like we have we have the over three hundred million people right now who are seriously traumatized in the way she is describing much worse than the BS thing that they they acted out in the Capitol. Yeah, absolutely. And she keeps perpetuating the story, creating these images in people's heads that puts this false reality of what happened in their heads, even though they they saw the snippets and AOC's filling in the blanks. So are others. That's how this works is you show the snippets close up. Then you have the messengers go out and speak to their different bases and they do these imagined stories we talked about. Imagine this. I was there. I saw the surroundings and we have no idea if it's even a fraction of the truth. I'm guessing probably not. It isn't. I, I think that it is. It is absolutely. Absolutely being created out of whole cloth in exactly the way you're describing. And we have heard that none of the people that were in the room were actually even close to being in any danger at any point. Because there was no they were just so blocked off from everything. And they, they didn't were, even lock the doors. Yeah. Do you remember they didn't even close the doors? They were literally saying, like, the guy, oh, the reason the cop was showing these people around was so that they didn't realize that the the Senate door was open right next to them. Like that's what the that's the official story. They didn't even close the damn doors. Yeah. And other related House of Representative news. <laughs> the Democrats are demanding that the the House Democrats are demanding that the U.S. military screen troops social media for links to extremists when they're vetting them to vetting them for national security clearances. And they already do. My my first reaction to that was they already do that. Of course, they already do that. They might not officially do it, but yes, they they create the psychological profiles. But this continued targeting and demonization of people in the military, that seems to be a theme that's being pushed hardcore. And the story, the first story, the FBI agent story that seemed to ring true there also, they seem to really want to paint these QAnon type domestic terrorist as having a military tinge to it and maybe even being controlled by military which makes me think of the 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 Myanmar yeah they're calling coup. it Burma now Burma yeah Fox is Myan- calling it Burma and CNN is calling it Myanmar used to be Burma and then there was whatever people's revolution something I forget I I used to know this and I haven't refreshed my memory and then they call it Myanmar and then uh, I remember Dennis Prager used to say, I don't know why we they get to just rename it. We should still call it Burma because he didn't like the new politics. So as soon as I saw them starting to call it Burma again, I thought, oh, this is like a hard right reaction to my man. Well, I don't know for sure. But what I will say about the about the military thing, that that story, when you said that, I immediately thought of the Oath Keepers, which when. I was first in radio, so maybe 10 years ago, I think it's like that. Uh, I remember having, I think it was Dorothy was a uh, veteran and she, I believe she told me about the Oath Keepers and I liked it. I told people about it over the years. Somebody said, "Ah, I think they're getting infiltrated, yada, yada. But their point was we take an oath to the Constitution and we will not violate that, that oath in the name of just following orders. It's a completely valid premise. It's an organization where there's strength and education. Now, 
now I was warned years ago that it was infiltrated. I don't know if that was somebody just trying to discredit them or what. But that, I think, is what they're worried about with military people, is that they have this dedication, they have courage, they have training. And if they care about the Constitution, which is not something that the Trump Q thing is all about, they they are a much bigger threat. Ron Paul is a bigger threat to the establishment than Trump. Yeah, absolutely. And they want to clump all those people in together. And they, the military aspect, I've mentioned this before, it makes it more dangerous. It makes it legit because of the organizing principles. They can organize, they can harden this group just like Al-Qaeda. And we have to stop them just like Al-Qaeda. And there was an article from the Washington Examiner today on Twitter that was all about, we need to treat these domestic terrorists just like we treat foreign terrorists. We need to be just as hardcore with them as we are. And that is where this is that's where this is leading. Which is so funny because libertarians always objected to suspending people's rights because they called them terrorists. And and the right would say to me on my show, you're it does. They're not Americans. They don't have those rights. And I would say it is a slippery slope. The rights do not come from the piece of paper. They do not come from the government. You need a better excuse than than painting a label on them to take away their rights. And it will come back to haunt you. And now nobody even talks about that. Like it's full circle. It's like, well, the argument to do it for foreigners was that they weren't Americans and that you could not take rights away from Americans. But now and of course, the reason you had the terrorists here is because we claimed that we had to blow up other countries because they were not. Uh, recognizing people's civil rights that people in jail without. It's the most circular nonsense. Sorry. Yeah. No, I hear you. Right. And I'm telling you, look out for calls to have the UN send troops in to combat this. I mean, this is a bridge towards broader That's world one, one thing. Yeah. So my favorite, one of my favorite topics of stories, which rarely gets in the news anymore, is Hunter Biden, of course. And today there's a story from Axios. Ex-colleague of Hunter Biden's lawyer gets top DOJ post. And the guy's name is Nicholas McCade. He is serving as a principal deputy assistant attorney general in the criminal division of the DOJ. And who was also installed as the acting assistant attorney general, be replacing Trump's appointee. And the this guy's connected to Hunter Biden in this way. He Hunter Biden hired a former former federal prosecutor named Chris Clark from the law firm Latham and Watkins. And this other guy, McCade, also works for that law firm and also works with with um, the lawyer that Hunter Biden hired. The story, the way that the reaction to this story is. Oh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Ha ha. Yeah, they're really bending over backwards to try and make Hunter Biden look bad. Just ignoring the reality that this is somebody working for the same law firm that Hunter Biden hired for his criminal defense of of Hunter, Hunter Biden is possibly the most compromised person on the planet and nobody cares. And his dad's president. And this guy who is a lawyer in the firm is now has a powerful position in the DOJ who could very well be responsible for investigating the son of the president. You talk about abuse of power. Oh, right, right. And you, it's just it's unbelievable. It's right in our face. And this type of yeah. stuff is going to continue happening. And if the reaction is always, oh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, what a joke. People have to be blind not to at least question this. You don't want to to see the DOJ with uh, with associates of the Biden. Massive conflict of interest. Imagine if this were reversed with Trump. Special counsel. It's crazy. 
Right. Right. Yeah, because Trump's guys will recuse themselves anyway. Yeah, like as anyway, soon as they get, no, it's even almost as, like they were in there to recuse themselves. But Trump has never had an employee that didn't quit. It's like you, <laughs> it's like you go work for Trump. It's a, it's like a temp job. Uh, yes, exactly. So before we get to our last big story, we've had a lot of big stories today. Oh my gosh, I'm like winded from the FBI thing. Yeah, but I think uh, Binkley, you absolutely crack the code on the imminent impeachment trial. So let's let's get to that in the free 30. I also want to give people a quick heads up to what's coming in the patron 15, both out of L.A. I am uh, asking in question. I'm not going to make any accusations, but I I'm going to ask the question, is Hollywood worshiping? and immortalizing a serial killer in an upcoming documentary. And for you, Binkley, you've got, you have a story from my hometown, right? Yeah. I want to talk about the Dodger stadium vaccine drive and what happened there over the weekend. All right. That's in the patron 15 right now, though, I want to give a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. You know her, Molly. She's a big patron saint and her. She sponsors the show to uh, as a labor of love because she wants to raise awareness to the risks associated with MRIs, specifically the dye in MRIs, gadolinium. It can really cause serious side effects in some people who are sensitive to it. You don't know who you are until it happens to you. It's also something that doesn't occur independently in nature. So it's getting kind of flushed into the system uh, in millions of MRIs every year. And we really don't know what it will do to the environment. So she just wants people to be aware of it and uh, think a little harder about if you're getting an MRI or if the if it ever comes up that this stuff needs a little more study or a little more transparency. You can get more information from her and her work, which I really admire. MRIDye.com. That's M-R-I-D-Y-E.com. And I also want to uh, encourage people to support our work. You can actually sponsor the show. We're kind of rolling that out as a level in Patreon. You know, you could just take a show, a couple of shows. But the bottom line for us is we try to give... Uh, something that people want. And in return, we hope to get your support. Our main kind of uh, source of support is Patreon, patreon.com slash propaganda report. And the bottom line, the basic tier, it's $7 a month to be a truth sponge. And you get all I know is that I really put a lot of effort into the names. They're really funny and it's a fun. Good name. Yeah. So the truth sponge just sponges up all the truth, all content, all all of the free content you get commercial free, like without these kind of appeals. You get all of the patron 15 content you get to participate in and hear the patron only uh, mini Q&A every other week. There are early releases. There's the occasional Patreon only um, interview. And I talk about some kind of hot topic I, I uh, on somebody else's show. I just I reserve that for friends only so there's a you have daily access to brad and me like i go to patreon i spend a lot of time on twitter i always do uh, talk to patrons first and y'all monica engages more with 
patrons and people probably than anybody you're going to encounter in media. And That is true. And it's because I love it. I mean, the, these are when you get in there to that community and you see the comments on the post or if you level up to one of the other patron tiers, it's all all every other tier is about live stream interactions. I really look forward to it, frankly, because I feel like we're alone in this world. You know, in your community, you're not going to find 500 people who think like you do. So that I think is the number one value. We have a lot of things to offer. The only other content that we pr- produce that's subscription-based is Rockfin. Those are exclusive videos. All of our videos we put on Rockfin because YouTube sucks, but we uh, also do Rockfin exclusive videos where we take the... We do deep dive analyses on the videos that Binkley unearths that really basically drop by the day from the globalists, from the elite plotting among themselves on how they're going to implement their plans. It's really jaw-dropping. So that's Rockfin. You not only get our exclusive videos and a lot of our free stuff, but commercial-free, but everybody's content on Rockfin uh, who contributes there. So we've got lots, lots more. I won't tell you all, every single thing that we have to offer, but check us out on patreon.com slash propaganda report. And now on with the show and our last big story before the patron 15. The impeachment trial is set to begin next week, February 8th, I believe. I don't know if it's going to start on Monday. I just know it's supposed to be next week. And we were talking and I noticed this on on Twitter also. People are really starting to miss the Trump drama. They're getting bored with what they're seeing in the news, with seeing Biden sit at the same desk and sign executive order after executive order. That seems to be what is always on CNN or MSNBC or ABC. And people are missing the drama. And I actually noticed a theme of that on Twitter. I, I did a search because I saw a few people pop up saying that. And so I searched it and it's starting to really starting to long for it right now. And it got me thinking. I think that's why the impeachment trial was scheduled for February a month ago, because I think they anticipated the dip of people having that longing, that thirst they want to quench of Trump drama. And they said, let's go ahead and schedule this right as that starts to hit. People start to really feel that. So we're going to give them kind of like WWE wrestling. We're going to quench that thirst for them by giving them some high Trump drama, February 8th impeachment trial, satisfy that urge. I think that's partly what this is about is keeping Trump in the news to satisfy that desire that the public has and even some in the media have. Honest to goodness, I have to tell you, I have been so bored with the news now that Trump's out of office. But I will tell you this. I mean, I am excited in a different way because now... I can dig a little deeper on important stuff like that FBI thing. I had all this time instead of just being like, Trump is just blowing smoke. This is why, you know, I'm like, hey, they're doing real stuff here. Like I had like five real stories about it today for like um, Biden's immigration stuff, old themes reemerging from drug war and terrorism, just real policy stuff that we could focus on because there isn't so much P.T. Barnum stuff. But as soon as yeah. the impeachment, there's going to be somebody's going to moon the senate you know like something crazy is gonna happen viking guy is gonna streak that's yeah exactly you know mitch mcconnell and then we'll talk about that for 15 minutes you watch wwe and what happens at these big events that they have is oftentimes somebody who you don't expect to show up an old 
famous person or, or one of the old favorites, Goldberg or Hulk Hogan or somebody walks out unexpectedly and the crowd goes wild because it was totally unexpected. Now, even though it's about Trump, I think the expectation right now is Trump's not going to like be sitting on trial or anything like that. But I am kind of curious if there's going to be a sudden unexpected Trump press conference or event, kind of like that Hulk Hogan walking in unexpectedly that makes people go wild. Oh, I think there are going to be highlights. It'll be just like any TV show. Yeah. Like some of the episodes will be like a cliffhangers and others will be whatever, building the baseline. It's just, it's going to be, it's the encore. It's the, you know, final season. It's the, it's the blooper reel. I don't know, but it's definitely has to do with the theatrics. And in the interest of high drama, I'm already seeing a headline. Trump reemerges to Stoke racist election fraud lie proving he incited whatever because there was a story that Trump's whole entire lawyer team quit. They all just said F it and quit because Trump was telling them to say the election was stolen in the impeachment trial. So that's why he had to get more lawyers, apparently. So I expect to see some high drama next week. Well, I do look forward to it, even though it's a lot better for my brain and for our civics to dig a little deeper into real issues. I do also want uh, to call out to patron saints. Give us your shout outs. Everybody loves them. We want to hear from you. And uh, I do also want to thank very sincerely some of the show's biggest sponsors going back from the beginning. Molly, who you heard from today, has been a patron saint for a long time Scott Robert Barry Fernando we really appreciate your support we encourage other people to follow suit but these guys have been in the beginning it'd be hard to catch up to those guys and it is share the show Tuesday share the show Tuesday so please get out there write a review for us put us uh, on your social media and stay tuned for the patron 15 always fun to let our hair down that's right you guys can find your drive time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that Monica mentioned, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or rockfin.com propaganda report. We will talk to you all on the patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 